Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Going Over Big Time podcast. I am Mike Charlop and I am joined by, as always, the fantastic Alan. And um, today is going to be a, uh, I don't want to use the word negative, but um, we're not going to be very happy in this episode. No, I I didn't think you would be, Mike. Judging from really the last two weeks that rest the wrestling industry has been exposed to, or at least with WWE. Mm. Just in general, it. just in yeah. general, this has been a very rough week um, in wrestling, but also in kind of the world. Um, we lost uh, we lost Carl Weathers. That was that that hurt. Uh, Apollo Creed chubs uh you know all the things that you remember him from but that was that was rough and then on top of that we had all of this stuff happening in wwe specifically the biggest one i think of course is the vince mcmahon news which is the first thing we're going to discuss today um of course there was already uh some stuff out there about Vince McMahon, about uh, a unnamed uh, employee, at, unnamed at the time, former employee, who um, he uh, apparently had sexual relations slash he, you know, all, all these things that came out. Then a lawsuit dropped last week. Um, the employee in, in question was revealed to be Janelle Grant, which her name had been out there already uh, due to other people who didn't get consent to put her name out there. But um, there is a huge lawsuit that um, has all these details, very specific details of things that Vince made her do or uh, made her do with other people in her already having, um, when she got the job, she was already in a bad place because she had a big family loss and she was being taken advantage of for, uh, career advancement basically um so this lawsuit came out uh then john laurinaitis who is also mentioned in this lawsuit um went out of his way to say that he was also a victim and that he did not want to do any of those things that Vince McMahon made him, which is a blatant lie. Um, then, right after that happened, literally like the day after that happened, we find out that now Vince McMahon is under federal investigation. So this is definitely going to go to court. This is not going to get thrown out. This is not looking good 
for Vince McMahon in particular, but also John Laurinaitis. And um, without really mentioning his name in the lawsuit, also Brock Lesnar, who was mentioned in detail, but not by name. Yeah. Um, I So, Mike, I took the liberty of actually reading the entire lawsuit. And uh-huh. um, yeah, I think it would be best to just go by your descriptions because the details outlined in this lawsuit by Ms. Grant are just some of the really most disgusting kind of things you could imagine what yeah. a person would do to another, especially someone with a position of power and influence and money to mm-hmm. someone who was completely in, in, in nefarious ways, psychologically and physically subservient to him. Um, frankly, I mean, you know, I grew up watching wrestling and I think I, I started watching WWE because of Austin versus McMahon. Like that was mm-hmm. the spark rivalry that really sparked my fandom into this genre. And a lot and, of people in, in our age range. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, and just, just thinking back at the whole Mr. McMahon, bat evil corporate boss character, mm-hmm. and some of the things he did on television, like the one that stands out to me was like making Trish Stratus uh, go down on all fours and bark like a dog. Uh, and and then following that, various uh, skits involving women uh, half his age doing God knows what. And then I just, yeah. reading through this lawsuit, I'm like, Oh wow, he's just really like made uh, art to imitate life or the other way around. It's like, I mean, it's- and there was even like all these different things that you would hear behind the scenes of like um Tori Wilson being like afraid to dance on television and so he put on like a demonstration for her and um uh, what was the, there was so many uh, the Stephanie McMahon storyline he pitched when she was pregnant where he where he wanted to do an incest oh. angle oh. where he was the dad and then when she put, turned that down she's like oh well then let Shane do it like why why would you want to do that in the first place let alone so there's all these little hints I think that we had over the years of Vince McMahon just being without lack of a better term fucked up in the head yeah I mean various like people from Jim Ross to Jim Cornette to whoever that worked for him before, like they mentioned, yeah, you know, bring uh, any, any pee, poo, um, you know, any joke involving defecation or, you know, um, avoiding of your bowels or sort of some human bodily function, he'll go for it right away. You know, that's mm-hmm. why you're puking. <laughs> that's always a popular one. So the man's mm-hmm. like, the man's got a very uh, unique sense of humor a sense of like humor and or just sense of what he believes is entertainment but mm-hmm. you know this is really that was just really scratching on the surface concerning these allegations of this lawsuit and frankly um yeah it's uh it's disturbing i think for the rest of his family also because you think like you know he's got great this is a grandfather he's got grandchildren mm-hmm. you know uh, one of them, you know, how is that going to affect his future career? I'm talking about one of Shane's sons who's just in college. college, in college, football. in college football. Like he just yeah. hasn't started his career yet. Um, yeah. You talk about Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's daughter is currently an amateur wrestler in the. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, 
some of this stuff is going to trickle. A lot of this stuff is going to trickle down to the yeah. generation after. And the so, next so right. without really going into like heavy detail, because I don't think we're in the right. We are the people to do that. I mean, um, Brock Lesnar being involved in particular, um, he was mentioned in the lawsuit as a former UFC fighter turned wrestler, a wrestler turned for a uh, UFC fighter who was uh, promised something in return for re-signing. Um, I believe that was, I, I don't have the exact terminology, but it was along those lines. And um, there was talk around the Royal Rumble. All of this was happening week of the Royal Rumble. So the Royal Rumble was kind of being overshadowed by this dark cloud that is Vince McMahon. And and, and you, also, you, should, you may have forgotten to mention it, but Vince McMahon effectively the, the day before the Royal Rumble resigned all his positions in WWE and TKO. Um, he is no he at this point. Uh, this is not like when he first left the yeah. company back in July of 2022. Um, he no longer is a majority shareholder. There is no way for him to push his way back into the company. Um He's effectively resigned all any so basically for the first time in forty plus years, Vince McMahon is finally out of WWE. No which, McMahon. No, no McMahon. McMahon. Currently there's this and yeah, no McMahon by blood is currently involved with WWE. Stephanie's gone, Shane's gone, Linda's gone. The only one that's left that is by mar a McMahon by marriage effectively is is Hunter, um Triple yeah. H. And and yeah. if you if you believe some of the other dirt sheets that are saying you know, we're not sure how much Triple H knew about McMahon's perversions. Uh, you know, he was very close with McMahon. Well, I mean, and going off of that, they had so they had a Royal Rumble press conference right after the Royal Rumble took place, and there was speculation that they were going to cancel this press conference because obviously, with Triple H being there, he's going to be asked about this. He knew that. He had to have known that. And he did not prepare a statement. He did not prepare anything. He just was taking questions at when it was his turn to be up there by himself. I mean, even Cody. So Cody got asked about this and, and did a better job at talking about it than Triple H did. And granted, yes, Cody has business experience being when he was in AEW management experience, but he's not management here. So... If the person that is in a management position doesn't know how to handle these types of situations, then he should not be up there. That was that was shocking to me. Like he would like like I think I told you offline. Like the best way to do this, or maybe I told a coworker or something. The best way to do this, he Triple H should come out, even if he had come out. I mean, first of all, you said they should just cancel the whole thing. Probably would have been a good idea as well. But mm -hmm. you just you should just have come out first. And addressed it head on, saying these are very troubling allegations. Um, you know, we need to listen to survivors. We need to listen to survivors and hear what they have to say and let them have their voice. And and he should say something like, "I'm sorry that this happened to Miss Grant." And uh, mm -hmm. um, we will be yeah. transparent and like um, be fully um, open in terms of uh, handling the situation. Um, and uh, but you know. 
yeah. I think in terms of a legal standpoint, I think he would have just made a thing about this is being de dealt with by our internal legal departments, and uh, we will have more information forthcoming when we have it available. But for now, I want to move on to Royal Rumble. Yeah, you know? but he also did not state that um, he didn't he didn't say anything like that at all. I wish he, he said something like that. That's what he meant. And he also yeah. didn't and he also didn't state like, oh, we're not taking questions about this su subject. If they would have at least done that, he wouldn't have looked stupid when he was asked questions about it. Because right. when he was asked questions about it, he tried to deflect it and say we're trying to focus on the positives. And then he said that he didn't read the the lawsuit, which has to be a lie. Has to be. That's his father-in-law. Even if he didn't read it, he would. He would. He probably would have read it, a summary of it, or he gotten one of his aides, like, or one of his lackeys, like, somebody summarize this for me or whatever. And yeah, I mean, the most telling things would be this: the the evidence of the text that been sent to this woman. Which are yes. extremely graphic and detailed. That I don't want to repeat here. No, we we will not. We, no, we no, will not not be repeating. repeating no, we will not be repeating you, any of those frankly, details. If you, you don't, yeah. If you want to read the lawsuit, you can. It's it's, it's public. Public, yep. Um, it's very. But yeah, long. going back to your point, it it was uh very badly handled. He should have uh, been more brief, better briefed on the subject, and being someone in his position now. Learning about how to deal with wrestling media and public relations. Uh, this just goes beyond just wrestling. Like this is a PR and nightmare. Even Shawn Michaels handled it better. Yeah. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels has no media training. Right. He is. I mean, he has publicly stated that that he has zero media training, and he still handled it better than Triple H. So I I, I understand that. Uh, as we mentioned numerous times, that is his father-in-law. He's probably very flustered about the subject in general. Um, probably not wanting to have to talk about it any further than he has to already. And, um, but that all of that was just a bad look for him. And they, like you said, should have had a statement prepared. And they didn't. Um, but this, all of this in general, like, affects, affects the history of wrestling as a whole. Because, I mean, and I, uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to completely have the Benoit effect. But it's going to have some kind of thing, like... You the, can't just the, the Benoit effect was different. The Benoit effect really affected only one guy, yes. and really troubling end to his career and his life. Yes, that, that sadly took the life of his own family as well. Um, that really affected only his legacy and his history within the WWE. So if you go back to like history of Royal Rumble winners who won the 2004 they, Royal Rumble, they never talk Royal about. Rumble, they never talk about Royal 04. Somebody. With yeah. Vince McMahon, I feel that um, it hasn't hit me personally as yet. The reverberations. I mean, all for all I know, WWE is, is still there. Wrestling is still there. There are companies outside that I mm -hmm. frankly enjoy more, and I'm sure you share you're you're the same way. Um, well, we will we will get into that later. 
yeah, yeah. But in terms of just <laughs> the history of this company, WWE, that the thing, this the current way it exists now, this would not have been built without Vince McMahon's guide, influence, and direction of how he wanted to break off from being just a regional territory yeah. into this global so, superpower, right? The last forty plus years, yeah, was always- are because are because of Vince McMahon. Yeah, everything that we saw in those years is because of Vince McMahon, Hulkamania, Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, The Attitude Era, any of any and all of that is because of Vince McMahon. And so many see- characters, iconic characters came out like Undertaker and uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. A lot of these things was shaped by McMahon's direction and like. They yeah. could have come in as somebody else, but they're like offensively like, okay, why don't you do it like this? And why don't you rename you like that? And you go and do this. It'll and, work. and you can say what you want about the last maybe twenty years <laughs> yeah. about WWE and how the creative has not been great or how uh, storylines just haven't mattered and anything like that. But none of the it wouldn't be at the level that it's at without him. And like wrestling's wrestling's most successful period was built around, as you mentioned earlier, the reason that most people are into wrestling, which is Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon. And you can't just erase that. It's it's a it's a linchpin in the history of wrestling. It's a it's it's like a um it. It is the reason that wrestling is as big as it is. And you, you can't you can't just erase it all. Obviously, there will be have there will have to be some kind of caveat in in inserted into everything in the history of re- of WWE now where we say, like, obviously, Vince McMahon was involved in all of this. I mean, he was the commentator for the majority of the 80s to the. 2000 to 2000 yeah so his his voice was the voice of the show for yeah so he's it's it's impossible to throw that all away and just ignore it like and, and again it's not like benoit it's not the same thing but you will just have to acknowledge that what he has done is very wrong and just just ignore that when enjoying the wrestling as a whole. And I I mean, there's been other instances in history, obviously, where we had to put the art before the artist type of thing. It's the same. I, I would say it's in that same vein. Michael Jackson, for example. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to a lesser extent, Bill Cosby, although I don't know if it's the same level as Michael Jackson. Um, well, um, yeah, I mean, his I mean we've is... had a series of actors that have fallen. Their, their their reputations have been left in tatters because of Me Too stuff, right? Kevin Spacey, yeah. for example. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we mentioned that Le- McMahon's legacy in WWE, like WrestleMania itself is a McMahon creation. Like mm-hmm. we're coming up to WrestleMania 40, 40 years of WrestleMania, it was all because of Vince McMahon, really. 
And this will be the first one where he's not involved in some way. Yeah, it's uh, and and, and because he's not involved in some way, frankly, it sort of led to this. Uh, I guess what we would be talking about, if you want to, and this one continue with the McMahon stuff. It's the uh, um, kind of this, this this sort of domino effect that's led to current WrestleMania decisions. Yes, so so I would say that we we have said everything that we need to say about this topic and um again um we are not the people to go into detail about this i think you're going to see a lot about this on the news in the coming year honestly because this will probably go to trial this will probably and and before we move on from it, we didn't mention that uh, some other news came out about this where he signed an NDA or mm. multiple NDAs, but did not put them through the company. He just signed them himself. And, yeah. And um, he didn't pay her all the money. This is like so, so fucking stupid, honestly. Like, so, I, I hate to laugh at this, but like, this is just like amateur hour at this point like you're a multi-millionaire like with all the money in the world and you couldn't afford to pay a three million dollar settlement i mean you just like half-assed it and then like of course like she's gonna go back on the nda and then like file a lawsuit you didn't honor your agreement on yeah. an agreement that you had no legal basis to honor in the first to write in the first place too so yeah so because he didn't pay her all the money now yeah. the NDAs are, could be and most likely will be considered null and void. Yeah, who knows who else will come out of the woodwork? And I think Janelle Grant's lawyer went on the media and, and said there are more people that will be coming. She said, "Like, yeah, I mean, t- well, and the- even there's history. Season. There's history uh, of like uh, a referee in the '80s. Who, uh, yeah, yeah, that was the earliest and, one I think that's been uh, recorded. She uh, was. Uh, she was a. Uh, one of the probably the first female referee in wrestling history back in 1986. Yeah. And McMahon pushed her, allegedly pushed her into his limo and asked, demanded like favors to be done. And she didn't do it. And yep. then as a result, she was blackballed from the industry. She, yeah. She was kicked out. And then, was- and then you got uh, Ashley Massaro, who like she, the same thing the same thing really yeah unfortunately she, she's passed away recently so yeah oh yes yeah. unfortunately we lost her and mm. that is very unfortunate and that and the fact that her story was out there but was never really taken seriously and the fact that she's gone now and not able to uh speak up for herself is very sad and yeah, so there has been other instances where, and and we as fans didn't really uh, do anything because we couldn't. We just swept it under the rug like everything else because Vince McMahon was always the guy who was in charge and could just do that. But now he's not. And it's not looking good for him. And it will it will be very interesting in not in not not in a good way of where this is going to go. Um, but going off of that, you mentioned that him not being involved 
really is playing into our next topic, which we are probably going to spend the most time on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Royal Rumble happened. Mm-hmm. And Cody, Cody Rhodes, won the se- his second Royal Rumble in a row. And after the match, he pointed at Roman and said, I'm coming for you. Then Monday Night Raw comes around. Seth Rollins does this passionate promo about how the world title is considered the workhorse title and that Dusty Rhodes was was the was the workhorse champion and that honoring his legacy would be to fight for this belt because Roman's belt is is the Hollywood belt and he's never around to defend it then that brings us to smackdown time of recording last night Cody Roman Reigns does this promo in the ring before Cody comes out and says that Seth Rollins' championship does not matter and that Seth wishes he was in the the uh he was holding my championship and making the amount of money that I make which happens to be 10 times more than him So even before Cody comes out, he's diminishing the importance of the other championship, which wouldn't be around if it wasn't for the fact that Roman is never on TV. And so Cody comes out after this statement and gets on the mic and basically says to Roman that all of this has been about finishing the story, winning the championship that was taken away from his father, the championship that he never really got to hold and never got to celebrate holding, and that he wants to finish the story, but not at WrestleMania. And he says, I've been I've been uh, meeting with a lot of counsel and uh, one of them that I spoke to is here tonight. And out comes the rock. He whispers something to Cody in his ear. Cody went, goes from smiling to anger in seconds. And then just leaves. And then The Rock has a stare down with Roman Reigns as the show goes off the air. And they put a graphic on the screen that says WrestleMania kickoff press conference this Thursday with Rock and Roman front and center. (sighs) So after this happens, the internet goes into an anger frenzy like I, no, um, like yeah. no other I like was on a, no other i um i was out last night so i didn't watch smackdown but uh i turned my internet back on on my phone and the amount of text you and tanner 
our friend uh, exchange between you two was just I was like, what the hell just happened? And I like I read him like, oh my god, I, I mean, it looked it. I went back and watched the full segment. It was like I I I couldn't understand. This is supposed to be the post McMahon era level of booking. At this point, it's not about Triple H being like uh, uh, held down by Vince. He's just he just makes bad decisions in some major storylines. <laughs> like this is even worse than like Daniel Bryan. This is even worse than Punk. This is just like Cody, the first two-time back-to-back winner of a Royal Rumble in in the quarter of a century, and on. And you have your shot at WrestleMania, and you just hand it off to a part timer who's fifty plus years old, just for what? Like for a payoff that doesn't require a, a title. Um, like I, I, I'm, I'm mad, but I'm not like I'm just confused as a fan. I'm like, where's my investment in this? This was not what I was invested in. And yeah, so, you, you mentioned like how the internet just exploded, like. You got memes of Cody uh, apparently going to do a spoof as a spoof of Sting in the rafters. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, as a as a as a shot as a shot at uh, how like he was screwed. Um, you know, Brian Alvarez, which just said flabbergasted. Um, you said you were very thankful to, thankful of the existence of New Japan and AEW, which uh, I don't blame you for. Even some of your, even some of the people who are you, you know, I'm not going to name these guys, but they're obviously. WWE shows and uh, stockholders, so mm-hmm. they have a very vested interest in being pro WWE. Even they were saying, "Yeah, this is terrible booking. It needs to be called out." And like, just this, this is this is absolute trash. Like the, these, the list these are, goes these on. These are like WWE stands that are saying this is trash booking. What the hell did you? Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, like, the the name the list of people that you could it, it, nobody is happy about this and the the problem is is that if cody had won the championship at wrestlemania 39 yep you're going yep (laughs) this is this is coming up again because it's relevant if cody had won the championship at wrestlemania 39 and then they did this nobody would be angry because the championship would not be on the line therefore we would not care that Cody is getting screwed over. Yeah, Be- let me go. Let me indulge your backtracking of history. Yes, I have. I have always said, and I believe we are in agreement of this: that Cody should have gone over WrestleMania 39. He should have held up both titles. He should have just looked at both of them, and then he should just he should have just thrown the blue one back at Roman and left with the WWE Championship. That's the one he came for. Yep, I would continue Roman's reign. You know. Pun not intended. Going into this WrestleMania, he would have had programs with Jay, Jimmy, um, possibly Solo, just to like you know because there would have been a bloodline civil war within, and then like finally Roman would have cleared the sweep and said, "I'm still head of the table until Rock pops up and says, what the fuck do you talk about? I am a mega movie star. I was the f- I was the first tribal chief for." before you were even a relevant piece of crap. Like, I've been making money for the family, not just in wrestling, outside of wrestling. So who the hell is the real Mm -hmm. head of the table? That was the title that they should be fighting for at WrestleMania 40, the head of the table. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, you want to throw the Universal Championship in there at that point because Roman, in our reality, would still have it. Whatever. Go ahead. Um, 
So now we so now we have this. Um, we were supposed to get a rematch of Cody versus Roman, and um, what was expected was Punk CM Punk versus Seth Rollins because yes. CM Punk was supposed to be slotted into the Elimination Chamber, get the shot at the world title at uh, WrestleMania against Seth, which at that point made sense because Seth is currently dealing with a bit of an injury and might need some time off, even if he might be healed mm-hmm. by WrestleMania. Um, but unfortunately, Punk tore his tricep during the Royal Rumble. Okay. And it seems, uh, based on the last couple of things you've sent me, the uh, only benefit at this point is Drew McIntyre's heel work on social media because mm-hmm. it has just been on fire. Yes. He has been making uh, light, light of how he was the one responsible for the Punk tricep tear. Mm-hmm. Which will lead to a future storyline down the road. But back to my point, because Trump Punk has, has been written out of booking, and on the separate matter of the Vince McMahon lawsuit as how it affected Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar has also been taken out of the booking. So you got both CM Punk and Brock Lesnar having been written out of WrestleMania. They had to scramble and figure out something. But unfortunately, this was probably the worst idea that they come up with in order to salvage this. And I know you and I both, I would assume, I believe, Rock fans. We are fans of The Rock. But uh-huh. from what I've read, it seems that Rock is flexing his own creative muscle at this point or his own yes. political power in the company now that he's on the board of TKO and saying, yeah, he pushed for this match with Roman. Not only that, he's pushing for him to win the match, which is like... So- there was speculation going around, and I don't know if this has been confirmed, that this was already put in place before the Royal Rumble. Oh. So if that's the case, then Cody should not have won the Royal Rumble. Because you put him in the spot of of pointing at Roman Reigns immediately after the match and saying that he's going to finish the story the finishing the story for Cody is winning that belt. That's his story. So you telling me that he's going to finish the story right after he wins the Royal Rumble and then doing this not only makes the crowd not not only makes Cody look stupid, makes everybody else look stupid for believing it would happen. Yeah, and I mean, it also it, it... makes Seth Rollins look stupid. Because he's begging Cody to fight him now, and Cody doesn't want that belt. He has blatantly said that on TV. Not only that, you had Roman go out and just say, oh, yeah, you think you're the workhorse title? Everybody who's challenged you, little brother, I beat already. So it's like you've you dis- you, you, you gotten the other top guy to diminish the championship on in your same company, so it's you've devalued your own product here. And, and like, then, you, if you're gonna give me Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes, which I saw like three times in 2022, including the one where he wrestled with a torn peck, like, yeah, I, and he still won, and he still won. Yeah, but in so, terms of like both these title matches, it's almost it's almost a, already a foregone conclusion because factoring out the Rock's alleged request to win the match. I don't think so. I don't think that's happening. You're yeah. gonna put a. You're gonna put a world. You're one of. The, you're gonna end the longest reign, uh, title reign of the modern era, on because of a fifty plus year old part timer. Um, no. 
after all the top guys that this monster run that home Roman's been on that he's beaten yeah. already. So then, and, so you have yeah. you have an injured Seth, mm-hmm. and then you have a part timer versus a part timer in the main event of the entire show. You're telegraphing the finish of both of your championship matches because there is absolutely no way that Seth is winning. Absolutely no way. And if he does, then he has to be healthy enough to continue to defend his belt. And I don't think he is. No, no. Even though he said that this this was thankfully not his ACL, otherwise that would have required a year. It was only his uh, MCL, which would require only approximately six months. And uh, she said he would be back in time for WrestleMania, but then I think he has he's working through this Mania match in order to like be written off and be taking time off to heal. Right? Exactly. Exactly. It. But yeah, you've tell you've telegraphed the uh, ending of this story, and it's like after like ima- I'm imagining Cody holding up the World Heavyweight Championship, and I'm thinking, um, okay, so it, but it doesn't matter to me any- at this point. Like th- it would matter to me more. Like in an alternate reality, if Cody had stayed in AEW, if he if he went on to challenge Hangman at Double or Nothing in 2022 and just broke his word that he would never challenge for the AEW World Title, that would be way more interesting than than this. Yeah, and it it, it is just created this negative. Yeah, I negativity I, towards WrestleMania as a whole. There has been tons of people he, who have said he, that um, they. Yeah, it's, it's this current stat I see on on WWE's YouTube page is that the Rock Roman segment has received more negative reactions than positive reactions. Approximately yes. eighty-seven thousand positives and four hundred thousand negative thumb downs. They show and they showed the video at a uh, at a live event, and it was all booze. And and, and I believe um, I think Tanner just sent this to us, or you maybe it was you, but. Um, or maybe it went through somewhere else. But uh, USA Today, one of the largest um, news outlets in the United States, has started talking about this. As has TMZ, but you know TMZ. Yeah. TMZ talks about celebrity gossip, but yeah, like when was the last time you heard a wrestling storyline making it into mainstream news outlets? That's and like... it was and it was one of the number one trends in the United States of America. Less than twenty five out twenty four hours later, it might still it, be trending. It's it's probably still trending now. The hashtag we want Cody is the number one sports trend as far as I can see. Um, yeah. um justice it, for Cody is another one. Um, it, it has been nothing yeah. but negativity. I've seen people saying that they want to sell their WrestleMania tickets. I've seen people. Obvi- I mean. People say they want to cancel the network all the time when there's a bad decision. Yeah, yeah. But, but, and then like I, I, I wrote this in a tweet, and I fully believe it that um, WWE has this habit of um, building up all this, all this good, uh, you know, stuff going on in the company. They, they, they revigorate the fans interests they they do all these things that the fans love like bailey and this stuff that's going on with her and the stuff with drew they they do all these things to get the fans excited about something 
And then they do one atrociously bad decision that throws all of that away. They do this all the time. And don't care that they do it all the time. Because WWE has never been for the fans. It's been for the money. The entire time. And that's why they're doing this. For the money. You hear all these criticisms all the time about how, oh, AEW is not like, uh, you know, it has like half empty arenas or they're like their stock is tanking or well, not stock, but their revenues are tanking or they're not making as much money. And the only way they're staying afloat is because the cons have so much money. But on the contrast, um, AEW consistently puts out almost fantasy matches that matches are enjoyable. Um, storylines that are, you know, it may take a long time to build, but when the payoff comes around, it's like, whoa. And it's like, I can only think of like only one or two bad decision, decisions made that were major. But even if I say they were major, they didn't really affect the whole my whole perception of the company. Like the last time the AEW came up with such a bad idea was the uh, Texas Chains, Chainsaw Massacre death match between yeah. Jeff Hardy and Jeff Jarrett. But that and that, was and I mostly laughed. I mostly laughed through that because I was so. This is so fucking yeah, stupid. But that, but that didn't affect the entire foundation yeah. of, of the company. The entire right. perception of We're the company. We're not calling for Tony Khan's head or, or anything like that. No, no. AEW, AEW at least puts out these stories that people are invested in and then pays them off the way that people want them to pay them off. <laughs> but WWE doesn't do that. WWE will tell you, oh, we're, we're only in the fifth inning of the Roman story. And don't worry, Cody, Cody is going to finish the story. Don't worry. This was all done for a reason. He lost the 39 for a reason. Oh, yeah, what was the reason? Because I'm not finding that reason right now. I don't know what that reason is. Because he's not challenging for the title at 40 and not winning. So what was the reasoning behind him losing at 39 other than nothing? Nothing. And all of this, all of this is turning people off from WWE as a whole. And I and obviously I've mentioned this numerous times. I don't watch SmackDown anymore because of Roman Reigns' reign. There is no champion on SmackDown full-time. Not even a US champion. There's a part-time US champion. What a, what so what reason do I have to watch SmackDown if the world champion only shows up every 4 months? And then you have a U.S. champion that only shows up every two months. Why should I watch SmackDown? And now, because most likely Roman is beating The Rock. There's going to be another year of this. Because Cody's not going to beat Roman at fucking Backlash. Cody's not going to beat Roman at... Random, no, not so, top yeah, five pay per view. Like, it's, like, it's like somebody made a suggestion that, uh, yeah, Cody's gonna challenge for. I mean, I think the idea that they're saying is this Cody's gonna put his WrestleMania or his the title shot he's getting he got from the Rumble in his back pocket and then cash it in, quote unquote, at some special event at Madison Square Garden because that's where Dusty 
apparently uh-huh. almost won the championship. But like, yeah. I don't know what what shows that are on the horizon that are being held at MSG that that was that would be like to that level, unless it's like some uh, special pay per view, unless they put SummerSlam at Madison Square Garden, which I don't think is happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking like there's got to be some. I think I I'm feeling like because of like podcasts like this and all this negative backlash that somebody in TKO is seeing. Okay. I think we made a mistake here. We need to fix this. Hopefully, by at the press conference they fix it. I'm not sensing that. The only way they could salvage this is that they put Rock and Roman night one. Rock Roman beats the Rock in like I don't know ten minutes. Let's just say, and then mm-hmm. out comes Cody and he says like, "Okay, you finish the story of the Rock. Now I want to finish the story, and then we move on to night two. I mean, that's the only way I could sal- they could salvage. I'm not even saying yeah. that they, this would be a miracle booking. I'm just like this is the way they could salvage this. Mess. There's there's absolutely no way that Roman is working twice in two nights. There's there's, <laughs> there's uh, once it, there's no way it's happening, and it it, it is. I, I mean, they made a shirt of Cody Rhodes in the style of WrestleMania Seven. And it says finish the story in WrestleMania font. You don't put that out unless he's finishing the story at WrestleMania. <laughs> and finishing the story is beating Roman. Again, there is absolutely not a single person that wants to see Cody versus Seth for a fourth time. Nobody. Nobody wants to see that. Cody has beaten him every time. Cody doesn't want that belt, and nobody wants to see that match. Now, I don't understand how anybody could want to see The Rock in a championship match in 2024. And there is not a lot of people that do. And you, yeah, you mentioned a lot of times that, um, as as athletically fit the Rock as Dwayne Johnson still is at his age, with all the uh, businesses and projects that he's into, um, he's not a full time wrestler. Uh, he was. You yeah. mentioned he did a spine buster on uh, Jinder Mahal in a segment a few weeks ago, and he was blown up just after that. Out, out of made, breath. Out of somebody breath. Made joke, somebody made a joke that his thigh. That his quad was going to basically fall off the bone after a headlock, and showed a pic, showed a clip of a of a drumstick, chicken drumstick, with all the the meat just sliding off the bone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think it's going to be that bad, but still, it's like, I don't know, man. I mean, it's like he so, looks good, and, but and you had this ready-made story right there. You could have just had Cody say like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm challenging you, Roman, at WrestleMania," and. And he mentions on screen that for the first time since last WrestleMania that he was cheated out of the match because Solo Sokoa was banned from ringside and then came back out. Yeah, that was silly. And nobody has acknowledged that since, by the way. And the story could have been, it's right there. The story could have been, oh, I'm going to challenge you again, but this time I'm going to have help. Because The Rock is going to be ringside 
to make sure that that yeah. doesn't happen again. That that would be and, much more acceptable. And then, and then, you have the Rock basically say, "Oh, you're a failure because you lost the championship at WrestleMania. So now you aren't the Tribal Chief anymore." And then you set up the re the the actual match at next year's WrestleMania. And then you have this match for no championship like it's supposed to be. And nobody would be angry. Not a single person. Yeah, it's one thing where if you make some decision that is like having a fans going, I don't like that. I, I'm not, yeah, that, I mean, good Buddha character. But you're just actively enraging your support base, the people who pay to come to your yeah. shows or pay for your product. It's a very very strange way to run a business i think mm -hmm. and, and this is past being disappointing because usually wwe does things that disappoint the fans this is beyond that this is this went straight to anger by ma majority of people straight to anger and they have to see that this is bad that, that this is not good publicity because obviously they needed some good publicity for what we talked about earlier. They are not getting it with this at all. Not that's even why, a little that's bit. Why, that's why I still feel that they'll somehow salvage this in some way. That they'll like try to put the shit back in the can or the toothpaste back in the tube. I'm not as optimistic it will completely quell all the anger like coming from you and um, all the people that really were outraged by this. Um, just after seeing I mean, how I've, massively they fucked this up. I mean, go look at <laughs> Conrad kind of Thompson. Go look at Conrad Thompson's Twitter, and you'll see exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah, uh, me, yeah, I'll do try a quick search right now. But it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just really strange. Yeah, look, I'm looking. Okay, I'm looking at this one tweet Conrad put out. Wow, this is long. I so he says Conrad Thompson says. I don't understand how this is lost on so many people. Two years, the story has been about story's been about Cody winning the title. It wasn't about beating Roman. It wasn't it was about winning the belt his father never did. They centered their own video game around Cody finishing the story. It be, and it began 40 years of WrestleMania. This promo, those promos aired less than two weeks ago. Several weeks ago, Rock had a promo about hell about the head of the table, not the championship. Cody's story is about the title. Rock's story is about the bloodline. Yes. We could have had had both at Mania. Now we don't, and it sucks. Make Cody winning the Rumble and being the basis of this finish the story campaign for the video game makes makes sense for for the game makes sense for me now. I'm asking Rock being back is huge, but he doesn't need a title match for that story to be great. And what does it tell the kids who buy the oh this is even worse? And what does it tell kids who buy the Cody merch and play the video game? Give us both. Cody getting Cody's getting a Daniel Bryan treatment at 30. Is what is best for the long-term success of WWE, mm -hmm. the live events, and their merch business. And I, I saw somebody make this point. So you know, on the on Twitter, there's that uh, wrestling club that, uh, yeah, uh, Cody bought tickets for all of them to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> oh God! Oh, and now God. they're not. And now they're not going to see him finish the story. Literally. All of these people are invested in that one thing. 
And now everybody is shitting on WrestleMania 40. This is the biggest WrestleMania of all time. The 40th anniversary, the 40th it's WrestleMania. Such a milestone in the history of this business. And yeah. And nobody cares anymore. And that isn't fair to everybody else on the card. Like I, I mentioned Bailey earlier. Bailey is finally getting the flowers that she deserves. And it's gonna be attached to this WrestleMania that nobody wants to even watch anymore. Like I mentioned it earlier. There's people that have tickets that don't want to go anymore. And that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. How much how much do you chalk this up to like I'm thinking back to when AEW first the first pay-per-view, double or nothing, 2019. Cody coming out with a uh, sledgehammer and smashing that prop phone uh, that Triple H uses. I um, I don't think that has like, anything to do I, and with I, it. I'm trying to remember back when, when Cody tried to explain what that whole segment meant. Um, I couldn't remember his answer. And the only visual I have now is he's, he's breaking Triple H's shit. Triple H is still pissed off five years going on. And yeah, this no, is the revenge tour. And no, like, I don't. I don't see that being uh, a, at this point. A, I'm. I mean, the way this this has unfolded, this booking, like, what's Cody's contract status? I have to ask that now. Like, is uh, he staying? I like, mean, there, there's like, what is, been what is speculation. The Other than adding two more zeros to Cody's uh, contract, like, why? Why stay? What's the point? Why should he stay? Why should he stay when the reason that he is here was, he's, he's, he's was, was literally put into his lap? And taken away. If he's legitimately being told, you're never going to be our number one guy because you're not a homegrown product. Rock and Roman are. And you, like, you, we credit you for leaving us and being successful somewhere else and literally starting our rival, a rival company, and then coming back here. But whereas Drew McIntyre, in that sense, didn't start his own company, but he was a success on his own and then came back. Function much more well in the system now. Mm-hmm. Cody seems to be still, I think, still trying to find out where he's at, you know, because he's stuck on oh. this Groundhog Day loop of winning the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, either losing to Roman or not even fighting Roman now. Like, what? He's still like finish, trying to finish the story. I'll, I'll tell you exactly where Roman is. I mean, where Cody is. Yeah. He's the face of the fucking company. <laughs> he is the most popular person in WWE. Every single person likes Cody. There is not a person that doesn't like Cody. And the fact of the matter is that you are saying, without saying it, as a company, that we care more about having two part-time guys in the main event than the people that put in the work. And that is not good. Cody is there every single week. He does live events. He does autograph signings. He does it all for the betterment of this company. Yeah, it's so strange. that You do all of this for the betterment of your company, and the way you are rewarded is you're being pushed down. Like, you know... I gotta say, this is a legacy of McMahon, of McMahon's influence as as 
as much as we credit McMahon, Vince McMahon for building WWE to the way it is, the way he treated talent, I think, in the last two decades was like, oh, as soon as you get to the top, we're going to cut your legs off from under you and throw you back down again. And there's so many examples. I mean, Booker T at 19, uh, you know, um, there, it, it I, I can't even think right now because I'm so angry. <laughs> but, um, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I mean, uh, Daniel Bryan got screwed so CM many Punk, times. CM until Punk, he could. Uh, back, yeah. So Daniel Bryan got screwed so many times to the point that he couldn't be screwed anymore. That and that was also their fault. Because at the time, they never viewed Daniel Bryan as a star. Only we did. But because what we think doesn't matter to them, that doesn't matter. And that's what this is. That is exactly what this is. What we think does not matter to them. The difference is Vince is not the person that it matters to now. Yeah, we can't blame him anymore. He's gone. So this has to be this has to fall into somebody else's lap. Well now, it, now it's, it's the, the, it's the now fall. It's triple, is it triple is triple H's lap? No. Is, is it Nick Khan's lap? Is it Ari Emanuel's lap? Like I don't know. It's the fault of a giant conglomerate. Yeah, who who wants to? It, it's the fault of a giant conglomerate that owns UFC and WWE that just wants to put on a good show for the sake of putting on a good show, not for the sake of the people that pay to watch it. But by doing that, they're not even putting on a good show. Their idea—they wanted to put on a good show, but if you have people saying that this is going to suck and that. They're selling back. They're trying to get refunds for their tickets. How is that a good show? And then you also have to put this into account. The last time that The Rock and Roman Reigns were in a ring together in Philadelphia was Royal Rumble 2015. Oh, my God. That was... I'm remembering that, and it was like... I, I felt the way you feel probably right now, that I was like... What the fuck is happening? It was like down to Roman being pushed around by Big Show and corporate Kane. I'm like, those two assholes aren't going to win. Those two doofuses are not going to win this rumble. It's like we're yeah. getting Roman shoved down our throat. It and took the it, Rock to save him. And at that yeah. time, even the Rock couldn't get Roman over. Exactly. And now, just... now they're going to main event the biggest WrestleMania in the history of this event. And not a single person is going to be happy about it. And the last, as you mentioned, the last time something like this happened, we got the yes movement because not a single person wanted to see Randy Orton versus Batista either. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not something that we want to see for a championship. We don't want we and I I'm I am so at a point with WWE and I've mentioned this in the past and I've mentioned this to you privately and to our group privately that WWE WWE is the reason that most people are into wrestling that is inarguable. 
the majority of the people who know what wrestling is know what w know more about wwe than anything because they create big stars who become mainstream and all of that any wrestling fan or non-wrestling fan knows what wwe is the problem is that yes wwe makes people into fans but it doesn't it doesn't evolve their fandom but other wrestling does because other wrestling is interesting. WWE is just what it is. Sports entertainment. It's barely wrestling now. So, sure, it gets people into wrestling, but I don't think it keeps people into wrestling. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm just reading a tweet and it just popped up here. Even Logan Paul just tweeted out, we want Cody. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Even the biggest asshole in WWE. <laughs> Finally, is, something you and Logan Paul agree on. Even the At biggest asshole in wrestling is upset about The Rock versus Roman Reigns. Oh man! Yeah. I think it, I think it's because Logan Paul's position is that he has a fallback beyond this contract with WWE. Right? He's not vulnerable, so he could probably say mm -hmm. a little more than what some of the other talent probably want to say <laughs> and um, if you if you read the reports there's reports out there that morale is at an all-time low oh boy. not even not even just because of the vince mcmahon stuff but now because of this because the majority of the people that work there understand that cody has put in the work and understand that what the fans want is what's right for the company and they're just doing exactly what Seth said. They're having a Hollywood match. Because oh, yes. one of the biggest stars in the history of anything, The Rock, who is looking for some positive outlook right now because he's not really looked, to, uh, looked at too positively these days when it comes to his acting career and... Some of the things he said about certain things. And him having a board seat now and basically putting himself into things that are hurting the company is not helpful. Yeah, and I read I read that um in in terms of just backstage stuff, Brian Gewertz, who was a long time WWE head writer for like years yes. was was could be physically backstage at some point representing I guess the Rock's interests um, in this uh, in terms of I guess uh, what goes on at the show so it's like okay we've taken out one person that had been around backstage for the longest time and we've replaced it with somebody else although I don't think that Brian Gorsh is was that bad as a WWE writer as far as I could remember uh, his time there. Mm -hmm. It was still like the heyday of the Attitude Era, kind of in the early 2000s. Well, but and he was a big still, part. I, he was a big part of The Rock's uh, on-screen work, and a lot of other people, like Edge and Christian, uh, credit him for getting them to where they are. Um, you know, a lot of people from that time period. Um, but yeah, it, it it's just so disheartening that the guy that built his career on 
being the guy of the people is taking away from the people. And he even said in interviews that the reason that the match didn't happen last year was because the story didn't make sense. It makes even less sense now. Because they built, they took another year to build up this Cody thing. That was the story that made sense. Now that's this does That's a good point that you mentioned that, like, he, he you know, the, the people's champion has effectively gone against the people. That's, uh, that's a new, that, that might be the first time I've heard that one, but that's a very good point and it's very solid. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that WWE is going to see the ripple effects of this. If, if this match happens, they're going to see the ripple effects of this for a long time. Because, again, if it happens, Roman is 99% chance he's winning. And then we have to go into another year of Roman Reigns just holding the belt and wrestling four times a year. And this has really, really, really... Um, made long title reigns look bad because yeah so 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 a lot of people are coming saying oh roman's gonna break hogan's record he's gonna break the that's not the, it's not a record okay it's he's not gonna a, break yeah but he's gonna break the san martino reign i'm like but bruno san martino actually defended the title regularly across the country in various territories as far as um, I can, in the northeast yeah in the in the history at least in the history of regional promotional yeah. territory but he was still defending it regularly it's not like he shows up like four times a and year there is absolutely no way there is absolutely no way that they are going to have roman reigns hold this championship for seven and a half years <laughs> there is absolutely no way and at this point three years is too long two years was too long I won't say that one year is too long because we get those a lot. We get one year title reigns a lot. But this has really made a lot of people realize short title reigns are not that bad. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it's just, it, it is absolutely crazy because. At best, if they haven't break Hogan's record, I think that would be. Um, I mean, he would yeah. be third. He would be third all time, but he would have to hold it until September, which is really long away. Um, but it, it's just, it, and I hate that this is because I don't hate Roman. I, I don't hate Roman at all. I've always liked Roman. Even when people hated him, I've always liked Roman. And they're they are turning this, this bloodline storyline into something that it doesn't need to be. They, they had all this built-up momentum in this storyline, and it just went out the window after... I, for me, it was after WrestleMania 39... But a lot of people are just done with this. They're done with it. Half the things that are happening don't make sense. 
I mean, you had Jimmy Uso, who was the first person to turn on Roman Reigns, by the way. Yeah. Just randomly back in the bloodline for no reason at all, with no explanation as to why. Uh, he attacked. He attacked Jay he in a match. Jay at SummerSlam. He cost Jay at SummerSlam when the bloodline was banned from the ring, which means he was banned from the ring. Okay. He's yeah. part of the bloodline. So uh then he's just back with Roman after he said, Oh, I didn't want I didn't want Jay to win the title because if Jay would have won the title, he would have turned out just like Roman Reigns. I'm like, what? You yeah, but you got <laughs> Roman Reigns right there. It's like what what are you talking about? Exactly. None of it none of it makes sense. So it, it it's just going on for too long. And every single time this it comes up, when is the end of this story? When is it going to end? They say it's not even in the fifth inning. How can we not even be in the fifth inning if it's been four and a half years? How? It, it's just it's mind boggling to me. It's mind-boggling to me that you could build something up for so long and have people be so positive on it and then overdo it with everything involved and have almost the entire fan base turn on it to the point now where it, it's, it's just like we don't even want him to be a champion anymore because... It, it, it's it's too much. It's too and much. We, by the way, we are still almost two months away from WrestleMania, so we don't we don't even know what the rest of the card is, and we already know that the main event is going to suck if this is if this is going to unfold the way. It is. And we already know that Roman is not going to be appearing until again. Yeah, until. WrestleMania. So how are you going to build this up in the next two months when you got two part timers? In the match, yeah, yep. like so. So WWE is heading to Australia for the first time in who knows how long to do elimination change. Uh, a couple of years, they had that. They yeah. had that. They had that super so, showdown in like. Yeah, I mean, other than like the, the men's and women's elimination chamber match, like I don't know, like where's that leading to? Is the, the what's the elimination chamber match for? If if Cody's gonna face Seth. Then what's the Elimination Chamber match for? The United, the United States Championship? That's the most reasonable uh, half. I mean, you know, yeah, unless, I, I... yes, but it's like, I mean, my, my idea would have been um, originally, if they were going to do this Rock Roman debacle, you know, Cody faces Roman and then, like, you know, it, let's make a blockbuster trade. Woo. Let's trade over the megastar, LA Knight. Because like LA Knight's been yeah. doing so, incredible I mean, we're we're gonna be doing yeah, we're anyway. gonna be doing our WrestleMania card predictions in our next yeah our next we will show. see what but, this and, ridiculous press conference will unfold and yeah, but even before before all this, my thought was that all right, CM Punk is out, so and you have this storyline going on with Drew and Sammy. Just have a triple threat with Sammy, Sammy Drew, and and Seth. Mm -hmm. That would have been great. And then 
You could have even crowned Sammy off of that if you wanted to. Because it would have been a, a, at least something that the fans would have something that the fans wanted last year that and didn't get. And then you have Cody as champion and you have Sammy as champion. That would have been great. But we're not getting either of those things. So I think we have have reached our limit on this topic. Um, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> we could probably go for hours on this, but oh, I, of I, course, yeah, of course. We, like I, I am fully just no longer invested in anything going on 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 SmackDown in particular. But even now. How am I gonna? How am I even gonna do, going to enjoy Raw, knowing that the main thing going on over there is Cody was tossed aside and is going for a championship that he doesn't even want, and is most likely going to win because the guy he's fighting is hurt. Well, if I can throw in a shameless plug here, uh, if you're looking for alternatives, please tune into. TNA Impact on Thursdays on Access TV, where you can catch riveting storylines such as Steve Macklin joining the Rascals. That's an odd couple. Riveting, absolutely riveting. But uh, we we can see perhaps Jordan Grace will be uh, defending her Knockouts World Title against Giselle Shaw at No Surrender. So uh, maybe Giselle uh will finally become the quintessential champion that we she deserves. Or, or on. The eleventh of this month, you can watch the rematch between Brian Danielson and Zack Saber Jr. <laughs> because at least that will be good. <laughs> I would even say tune into February fourth Sunday tomorrow after we finish recording on Vengeance Day, where I think there are some pretty okay matches to uh, go through there. Uh, Even in NXT, there is something a little better going on than what's going on in the main uh, roster at the moment. Yeah. So the point of the matter is there's a lot of wrestling out there that doesn't disappoint you. So you can go and watch all of those and um, have a great time and not get angry. (laughs) Okay, and I think with that, so, that's, uh, yes. Okay. So, so with that, yeah. we are gonna we are gonna call it a show, and uh, don't uh, don't forget to go to our link tree, link tree slash going over big time podcast. It has all of the ways that you can listen to and watch this podcast, as well as our social medias for the show and for us and Tanner, and um. Yeah, that's going to do it for us. Um, Remember, watch the wrestling that you want to watch, not the wrestling that everybody tells you to watch, especially after today. I'm pretty sure at this point, people who listen to us and fans around the world do watch the wrestling they want to watch. Unless you're buying tickets to a WWE live event, then... At this point, it might be somebody telling you to go. (laughs) 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 Okay, I'm done. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for us, everybody. Have a good one.